الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان اول بيت وضع للناس الذي ببكه مباركا وهدى للعالمين فيه ايات بينات مقام ابراهيم ومن دخله كان امنا ولله على الناس حج البيت من استطاع اليه سبيلا ومن كفر فان الله غني عن العالمين صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي دل شيخ الله respected brothers respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home whenever allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the opportunity to go and visit baitullah sharif the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the kaaba built by hazrat ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam the first thing you will notice is the coverings of the kaaba the black cloth that is covering the four walls of the kaaba the black cloth is there or any other form of material that is used is there as a mark or a symbol of respect to show respect to the kaaba that is the only reason why you have Uh, the covering to the walls of Kaaba Muslim historians have said that the first man to cover the walls of Kaaba was Hazrat Ismail alayhi salatu wassalam and after Hazrat Ismail alayhi salatu wassalam the covering of the Kaaba walls was done by the king of Yemen Tubba Asad Tubba he covered the four walls of kaaba uh, of a material that was something considered to be as leather that is why it is said that later on after a few days he saw a dream and perhaps in his dream a vision that came to him that leather was not the right material for the walls of kaaba and he changed it to this red striped yemeni material and that material that cloth that sheet of uh, cloth the covering that was there was very very expensive and he specially made that so that it would fit the kaaba all around completely and that was very very expensive it was not in the power of an ordinary person or even for that sake a wealthy man to buy something like that it is said that yemen in those days was very very famous for material and that is why the yemeni cloth was considered to be something very very expensive so a lot of credit goes to this great man we frequently hear 
his name everywhere, King of Yemen, At-Tubba, Asad Tubba, Asad Tubba. After the period of Asad Tubba, we go on to the time of Jahiliya, the days of ignorance, the dark ages in Arabia, before the coming of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Juhul was so prevalent in the time that it is said that the mushrikeen of Mecca and those who wanted to do tawaf of the Kaaba would strip completely naked they would take out all their clothes and circumambulate and would do tawaf of the Kaaba without their clothes and their thinking was a bit different also they would think that uh, the clothes are polluted with the sins that they have done so it would not be justified for them to wear those clothes and then do the tawaf I mean, here you look at the sincerity on one side and then uh, how they were that they were prepared to take out all their clothes and every one of them would do tawaf of the Kaaba in that manner completely naked until Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam came in the time of Jahiliyyah everyone had this freedom to buy and purchase material whether that material was bought from Yemen, Egypt or local something that was cheap or expensive anybody could come and present that material as a gift to the Kaaba and there was someone there who would make sure that that material is fixed onto the wall of Kaaba. Now whether that material would cover one side of the wall or two sides of the wall or three sides of the wall or four sides of the wall that was entirely up to the individual and his own capacity. So in the time of Jahiliyyah the Tartib, the method was that you would have layers upon layers, pile upon pile. So if there were about 100 people doing Tawaf and 20 of them came with some form of covering, a sheet, a material cloth so all the 20 uh, sheets would be piled up on top of each other this was the Tartib, so anybody could come and do anything whatever they wanted until the burden of the material of the cloth, the covering was such that it would be difficult for the walls of Kaaba to hold that burden only then the keepers of Kaaba would come and they would re remove all the clothes uh, and the material that is uh, used and what would happen is that it would be distributed as a form of barakat barakat given to people that were there or it would be buried this was the tartib in the time of Jahiliyyah later on when the Qurayshi people had full authority of the Kaaba what they said is that all the tribes made mashwira and they said that this honor should only be given to us exclusively we are the responsible ones to look after the Kaaba so they decided that all the members, all the tribes would get together and at the end of the year they would save us one amount, dinar, dirham, whatever it was and collectively with the amount of money that all the tribes would collect together they would purchase a material expensive perhaps a Yemeni cloth and give that as a hadiya to Kaaba and it would cover the four walls of Kaaba so this was the tartib after the Jahiliya period 
when the Qureshi people had the full power, all the responsibility was with the Qureshi tribes, and all of them collectively did this khidmah, they would cover the four walls of Kaaba. Now there was one individual whose name was Hazrat uh, Umar bin Makhzum, he was a businessman. He would buy and sell goods, uh, buy goods from Yemen. And Yemen was the main center at that time for him. They said that when he went to Yemen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a lot of barakat. A lot of barakat. And subhanallah, just reading a kitab today, something that I've never heard before. Uh, Mufti Saab, Mufti Zarwali Khan of Pakistan, uh, once said that there were a lot of watermelons there and the Khadim was giving it to everyone a lot of the students were there and he said to Mufti Sahab, he said Mufti Sahab, the watermelons are not sweet the watermelons are not sweet so now when you go to the fruit shop and even if you ask them that is this watermelon sweet they say to you by il nobody knows il unless you belong to the opposite party they seem to know everything but il only Allah knows but what the experience that they have so anyway Mufti Sahib said that, well, why don't you make amal on one wazifa, which Malana Shivali Thanvi uh, would make amal on if a melon was given to him? And one verse, small ayat of the Quran, which is in Surah Al Baqarah, Fazabahuha wa makadu yafalun. Muhammad Lahisab, Fazabahuha wa makadu. So Mufti Sahib said that now give me the watermelon and he took the knife and now this is not something that is for or wadi, this is just a wazifa and he said let us experience something new today so he said Fazabahuha wa makadu yaf'alun and he said to the khadim, now khadim you must cut it and it is said that when after praying this wazifa subhanallah after praying this wazifa the watermelon was extremely, extremely sweet. Extremely sweet. Now this is, uh, Allah, this is Iman, this is uh, Akira, this is the power that you have uh, inside you. That is why Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, when someone was ill, someone had any form of problem, headache or anything, they would just go and read Surah Al-Fatiha and blow it on him and shifa was given it was the ruh pure ruh spiritually connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the taqwa that is there Hazrat Umar bin Makhzum again was a businessman and when he would go to Yemen even with a little amount Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would give him a lot a lot and one must remember that when you give in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah will give you Allah will give you Alhamdulillah, in the Ummah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam we have gifted people, quality people that they shut their eyes and they give in the path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala even without people knowing shut their eyes and they give in the path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and they have so much yaqeen that this is in, not only investment for the hereafter but even in the dunya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will return the goods or the profit of 
whatever it is, money or good health, in many many folds, they have that yaqeen. Hazrat Umar bin Makhzum radiallahu ta'ala was again a very sakhi. He would give a lot in the path of Allah, charity. So what he decided, he went to the Qurayshi people and a proposition was put forward to them, a meeting. And he said to the Qurayshi people, he said that, look, Allah has given me a lot of wealth. All of you, all the tribes get together and uh, collectively this effort takes place. You buy a material, a cloth, a covering for the walls of Kaaba and you cover all of you, your money put together. Let me just alleviate the burden. And he said that one year I am responsible for covering the four walls of Kaaba and I will do it with my money. And the next year all of you can do it. So let us go with this tertib. So every year, the first year was the responsible man was Hazrat Umar bin Makhzum and the next year was the Qurayshi people and then Umar bin Makhzum and then the Qurayshi people Umar bin Makhzum and then the Qurayshi people and he did this khidmat, this service until death came to him Allah and he said that the first lady to cover the four walls of Kaaba was the mother of Hazrat Abbas radiallahu ta'ala and the name of Hazrat Abbas's mother is uh, Nubayla binte Janab. Nubayla binte Janab. She is the first lady with her own money to contribute and she covered the four walls of Kaaba. So this was in the time of Jahiliya and then later on when Qurayshi people had power. Now going back to the time of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The ulama say that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam never ever covered the four walls of the Kaaba with any form of material but only after one incident that had taken place and that was again uh, an accident that had taken place by one of the ladies who came to visit uh, the house of Allah and she was doing tawaf and she had what we say incense sticks agarbatti. she came to perfume the cloth of Kaaba and accidentally the material caught fire so what had happened that resulted that the entire black cloth was burning and it was of no use. Only then Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam took it as his responsibility to cover the four walls of Kaaba and it is said that the cloth that Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam used was a Yemeni cloth, Yemeni material which was again at that time quite expensive. And after Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een had also followed the sunnah of Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Hazrat Umar Farooq, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali, all of them in their time used the qibati material. The qibati material was cloth material that came from Egypt. It is said that uh, the one who really took a keen interest in making sure that the Ghilaf Kaaba was kept clean and he would maintain everything, making sure all the duties are carried out properly, was Hazrat Amir Muawiyah. That is why, if you read some of the books, it will tell you that the first man to put on the Ghilaf on the Kaaba was Hazrat Amir Muawiyah because of his khidmat. It is said that he would change the covering of the Kaaba twice in a year. Twice. On the day of Ashura, 
a brocade material and then at the end of Ramadan again the qibati material was used this was the responsibility of Hazrat Amire Muawiyah now after the period of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een coming back to our time when the Ali Saud family took power I don't worry, I won't sympathize with them too much because they've got Naraz but you know, we don't agree with their politics of course never ever, Alhamdulillah you know, only if they could speak out and uh, like what Bush does you know, when anything happens in Israel he's the first man out there condemning everything so it would be nice if the royals the royal family Khadimul Haramain al-Sharifain or or, or a speaker would come out and condemn the atrocities and uh, state terrorism that takes place there uh, but this is just the khidmat that we have to mention because it's done in their time so we understand the full history and the events that have taken place when the Ali Saud family took power King Faisal gave an order at that time that instead of the, the cloth coming to us from Egypt or Yemen it should be made locally and because of that a factory specially for that was built on the outskirts of Makkatul Mukarramah not very very far away from the city of Makkatul Mukarramah and this materialized in the time of King Fahd that is why at the time of inauguration King Fahd was there now they have the most modern machines there most modern and the material that is used today for the ghilaf of Kaaba is pure silk now silk is not jayiz for mardo ke liye jayiz orto ke liye jayiz remember that why silk is not jayiz for men is that it affects the sexual capacity of a man silk so by when it touches your skin only in circumstances like when you go for jihad and the armor sometimes that is used that is only on occasion to to make it a habit the ulama say no that it will make you weak that is the effect of it so silk is used and from the outside it is dyed the material in color is completely black and from the inside it is completely white they have modern machines there and those machines that are kept there is only to make sure that the material is cut straight everything is even so when it fits the walls of Kaaba everything is completely straight but there are 240 people working there all the time who are pious and who have this art handicraft uh, with their hands uh, the hands are in use making sure writing all the verses of the Quran the gold writing that you see many many verses of the Quran on the Gilaf of Kaaba especially there is an extra sort of covering near the door of Kaaba and on, on that covering again a whole load of ayats and verses of the Quran or hadith and uh, mentioning of Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu was salam wa iz yarfa'u Ibrahim al-kawa'id min al-bayti wa Ismail that ayat is written in the awwal bayti mudi'a lin-nas even that ayat karima is written King Fahad's name is also written King Fahad's name is also written when I once went for Umrah 
there was a young man sitting next to me and he looked at me and he said to me, Sheikh, you look like an alim but you are wearing a black pagri. Why? I said, why? Is it not jahiz for me to wear a black pagri? He goes, no, in Saudi Arabia the Shias wear it. I said, so what if the Shias wear it? I'm a Sunni and wearing a black pagri. Abid is also wearing a black pagri, mashallah. Nothing wrong with it, Abid. Nothing wrong with it. No, not to worry. So he goes to me, no, here in Saudi you should wear white. It would look better on you. Because here we feel that the Shias have their own symbol and they will wear uh, a black amama. I said, the Shias have a different face from the Sunnis. The Sunnis, alhamdulillah. Their face and the Shia face is completely different. There's no, there's a lot of bid'at in your culture, Indians and Pakistanis and you that come from the subcontinent. A lot of you do a lot of bid'at. As Maulana Dawud Sahib mentioned today, that it has become a fashion today. Your kurtas that you wear, no long sleeves, short sleeves. And you say, Allahu Akbar, short sleeves. And the covering of the head also, topi, which Mahadouts have mentioned today, which is also important because all the great scholars, awliyaullah, sulaha, have always worn a topi. And it is mentioned in the hadith of Bukhari, Sahabai Kiram Ajmain, qalam suwa means topi. And also the amama, uh, al amayim al qalam suwa, that the amama is worn on the topi. So that is why it is not jayz for anyone just to wear or tie an amama just like that on the head. There should be a topi. This is the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So I said to him, look, this is not a bid'ah. Bid'ah is what is your government, what you have done and written on the walls of Kaaba. With, with the name of Ibrahim alayhi salam, and with the name of the Prophet, and with the, with the ayat of the Quran, you, are, you have even written the name of the king on the wall of Kaaba. This is bid'ah, this is haram, this is shirk. So he goes to me, we have never read it. I said, come stand. I took him there, I said to him, read now, and he read it. And that is, uh, Allahu Akbar, a tragedy, a tragedy. And if any doors, I always say that, if any, if you wanted to name the gates of the Kaaba entry, the main entry, you should have done it on the names of Khulafai Rashidin. Huh? Babu Abu Bakr Siddiq, Babu Amr, Babu Asman, Babu Ali, Babu Muawiyah, Babu Aisha, beautiful names. Uh, 124,000 companions of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Anyone had the authority, it was the Khulafai Rashidin. So simplicity and being humble is part of Islam and part of Deen. This again, a brief history. Pure silk material is used. It is even said that the, the cloth that they put on top of the rosa of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam, which is changed occasionally, even that material is made in that factory. And it is even said that the Saudi flags are made in that factory. <laughs> the Saudi flags are also made in that factory. And this is a fact. Allahu A'lam. Another name that you frequently hear is the word Mataf. Meme, Toy, Alif, Fa. Mataf 
comes out from the word tawaf uh, and the root word is also mentioned in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَعَهِدْنَا إِلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمُ وَإِسْمَعِيلُ and we took an oath from Ibrahim alayhi salam and Ismail alayhi salam أَنْطَهِرَا that they should make sure that they keep the house of Allah clean completely clean Baytiya, the house of Allah لِلطَّائِفِينَ those who do tawaf وَالْعَاقِفِينَ and those who do atikaf وَالرُّكَّعِ السُّجُودِ and those who perform salat who are in ruku and who are in sujood so it was the duty of Ibrahim alayhi salam and Ismail alayhi salam and alhamdulillah that duty has been carried out properly until today Mataf is completely clean all the time even in the month of Ramadan even when you have hundreds of people doing the tawaf you will see those who are experienced in cleaning the mataf they making sure that every part of that area is clean because that is the hukam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mataf is that immediate open space that is around the block around the four walls of Kaaba the first man to make sure that the mataf was suitable for the for people to do tawaf and made sure that the surface was even was Hazrat Abdullah bin Zubair radiallahu ta'ala and obviously after the time of Hazrat Abdullah bin Zubair radiallahu ta'ala great expansion extension a lot of people come now it's easier for anyone to go and visit the house of Allah before it was difficult today within 14 hours if you're at Heathrow within 14 hours you could be in Haram Sharif doing the tawaf of the Kaaba not difficult at all so you have a lot of people there so now the mataf has expanded in fact from Baytullah Sharif it is said that it is as wide as from all around more than 80 to 90 meters 80 to 90 meters all the way until you come to the old block that was built by the Turkish people that are there the building structure that you see you will notice that this is from the Ottoman Empire this is a, a, a brief history of the Mataf the Saudi government have even taken out the, the well uh, the original well that was there in the area where we do tawaf and now the section of well is underground in Urdu it is known as Tehkhana in the cellar we have the male section and the women section and if you go down you can just see the pump that is there that takes out the water and you have a, a row of basins there a lot of people want to perform this salat there because it's extremely cool and now I've heard that they have even sealed that part those who have come back recently have said that even that part has been blocked Wallahu alam, Allah knows what they are doing perhaps to make sure that the mataf is an open area for all the people to do tawaf there is no inconvenience so when people do tawaf you have uh, like that area which goes down towards the, the area of Zamzam there is a block there, a wall so when you are doing tawaf, there's a lot of uh, pressure on one side. So they want to flatten all that, making sure that everybody can do tawaf of the Kaaba easily. Wallahu alam. And not to forget the the marble tile that is used for the mataf. It's quite unique. It is said that no matter how hot it is, it will always remain cool. So even when you're doing tawaf at zuhr time and it's extremely hot you might need an umbrella to cover your head from the sun 
but to do tawaf bare feet, it is completely possible. It is completely cool. So you have special times where this is the khidmat that uh, comes from the Ali Saud family. After the mataf, we come to the mountain of Safa, which is in the hudud of. Shall we stop here? Or? Inshallah, what we do is we stop here because. Shuru kare, okay? Kitni minute away? We come to Maqam Safa. Now, this mountain of Safa is approximately 130 meters away from the Kaaba. From the Kaaba. And Maqam Safa is a very important, blessed mountain. Not only did Hazrat Hajar alayhi salatu was salam had stood on that mountain to run from Safa to Marwa. But it is said that Huzur alayhi salatu was salam has sat on that mountain. Absalallahu alayhi wasallam stood on that mountain. In fact, the very uh, first invitation to the kuffar, when this ayat karima was revealed to Huzur alayhi salatu was salam, وَأَنذِرْ عَشِيرَتَكَ الْأَقْرَبِينَ Or Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, invite towards Islam your close family members. Your close family members. Absalallahu alayhi wa sallam making amal, fulfilling the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what he did is that he climbed the mountain of Safa, stood on it, and he made an alan. He said, O oh, tribe of Quraysh, O oh, tribe of Fahr, O oh, tribe of Adnan, every one of you come here, come here. And this was completely new for the Arabs at that time. They respected Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam greatly. And he, Absalallahu alayhi wa sallam, is standing on the maqam of Safa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned the name of Safa and Marwa in the Quran. Inna Safa wal Marwata min Sha'irillah. That the mountain of Safa and the mountain of Marwa are both great signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Absalallahu alayhi wa sallam stood on the mountain of Safa. And this first invitation to Islam was whilst Absalallahu alayhi wa sallam was standing on the mountain of Safa. And subhanallah, how Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam invited them, reminding them first of that love they had for him, the trust they had for him. Absalallahu alayhi wa sallam said to them that you know me and I know you. If I was to say to you that there is this massive great army pitched up on the outskirts of Makkah al-Mukarramah. Now the city of Makkah was inside and it was covered by mountains. So behind the mountains there is this great army, enemy of yours, that have come and they want to launch a powerful attack on your city. Akuntum tusaddiquni. Then would you believe me? And from all the leaders of the Arabs that were there, elite people were standing there. Because this is the first time in history. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam, Anzir, Ashirataka al-Akrabin, Ab sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stood on the mountain of Safa. Ab sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, would you believe me if I said that enemies are there waiting for you? And every single one of them with one voice said, Naam ya Muhammad. O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we would believe everything what you say, though we have not seen it with our eyes. 
Though it seems very difficult that an army would come now and would want to launch an attack on us. But if you say it, because you are sadiqul ameen, truthful, most trustworthy, we will believe whatever you say. Then Wasallam said to them that, if you believe me so much, if you trust me so much, then inni nazirun lakum, then I am a nabi, a warner to you, that if you don't come towards the true path which is tawheed, towards the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, stop associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, stop your shirk, don't worship the idols, don't worship the stones, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, otherwise there is this great punishment in front of you. Now the attitude of all the people changed. So, subhanallah, Again, now when he becomes rich, Assalamu alaikum. They are doing salam to his bank balance. What are they doing salam? They are not doing salam to him. But they are doing salam to his bank balance. Assalamu alaikum. When he was poor, when nobody knew him or whatsoever, Allah, but nobody would greet him. But the minute, afsos, it is shameful that today, Allah Akbar, in some cases, Muslims have better akhlaq, Kufar have better akhlaq than the Muslims there, out there. Muslims cannot see uh, Muslim brothers uh, going forward. Of source, Allah Akbar. How is this sickness of hasad that is inside us? Khalaqtani min nari wa khalaqtahu min teen. This is what uh, the shaitan said. And Abu Lahab was there. Imagine Abu Lahab. He is the first man to stand up to answer what Huzur alayhi salatu was salam said. And what harsh words. And Abu Lahab in relation to Huzur alayhi salam is his real uncle, Saga, Kaka, Chacha. It is said that when Nabuwat was given to Huzur alayhi salam, only four uncles of Huzur alayhi salam were alive. Hazrat Hamza, Hazrat Abbas, Abu Talib, and Abu Lahab. And look at the taqseem of Allah. Two were Muslims and two were non-Muslims. The father of Hazrat Ali was non-Muslim, Abu Talib. But Hazrat Hamza and Hazrat Abbas were Muslims. Abu Lahab was a handsome man. He was so handsome, white-skinned, the skin was red all the time. Very tall, very powerful. That if they saw him, people would want to look at him again. His name was Abdul Uzza. But the nickname, the title that was given to him was Abu Lahab. The one who had the face of flames. The face of flames. Azka Angara, Boya Shola. Bahad Khubsurat. Very handsome. White and red, white and red. He was an elite man of the Qureshi people at that time. And the first words that he said to Huzur alayhi salam, Al-Iyazu Billah, he said, Tabban laka ya Muhammad, Al-Iyazu Billah. Alihaza jama'atana. Now the word tabba in the Arabic language is a word when you want to curse someone. Halakat ho, tumara naas ho, tumara bula bara ho, toot jao, tumari liye kharabi ho. Calamity comes to you. May you be perished, destroyed. Killed. 
This is the meaning of tabba. And he said, tabban laka ya Muhammad. May you be perished. Al-iyazu billah. Alihada jama'atana. Is this why you have gathered all of us here today? So that we listen to you, the message of Tawheed, that we believe in you. You're, you're standing on the mountain of Safa and preaching to us that worship one Allah and forget Lat and Uzza and my name is Abdul Uzza. I am Abu Lahab and you are my nephew. Huh? And you speak to the elite people of uh, Quraysh like this. Alihada jama'atana. Allahu Akbar. And straight away, the, the surah that was read in Maghrib Salat. Ayat Karima was revealed using that same word which Abu Lahab used. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Tabbat yada Abi Lahab. May the hands of Abu Lahab be destroyed. May he be killed. Watabba, perished, destroyed. Watabba, completely. Alama Qastalani rahmatullah alayhi in his shara of Bukhari says that Allah has made the mentioning of his two hands. Specifically, why? Because on one occasion, he picked up stones with both of his hands and threw it at Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. And that is why Allah takes the name of Yada. In the Arabic language, Tabbat, and then Yada. Yada means two hands. Because of Izafat, the, the, the noon falls, and it is Tabbat Yada, Abi Lahab. And the name of Abu Lahab comes. We have only one minute to Azan, inshaAllah ta'ala. We will continue. Uh, with the significance of mountain of Safa and Marwa, inshallah, in the next session. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين. اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وسلم تسليما. لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إن كنا من الظالمين. اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية في الدنيا والآخرة. سمعنا وطانا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين.